0: Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of flyingfreenow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 110 of the Flying Free Podcast. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to, well, maybe I don't have to introduce you. Maybe you already know Rebecca Davis. I've known Rebecca for several years. She is the author of untwisting scriptures that were used to tie you up, gag you, and tangle your mind. And I just have to say, I thought, that's a long title, but it's actually only 15 words. (laughs) And when I looked at the title of my book, which Rebecca contributed a section to, the title of my book is 18 words. So there must be something about you and me and big, long titles. I don't know. Long titles. <laughs> anyway. It gets the
1: message across. <laughs> what? It gets
0: the message across. It's that, Exactly. It tells people exactly what the book is about. So Rebecca also has a blog that she writes amazing articles on. It's called Here's the Joy. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, she wrote, a, like I mentioned, she wrote a section in chapter seven of my book. Um, her section was called God and Divorce. Um, and I was really thankful that she wrote about that because at the time I really didn't want to tackle that too much, but she is, has come out with a brand new book. And I, I do, I, I am one of the people that thought, you know, when, when I read your first book, I thought, oh my gosh, there's like a million scriptures that we need to untwist. And this covered, how many did it cover? It really only covered a couple of areas, right?
1: Uh, three areas. Yes. Okay, tell us what those were. Uh, Yielding Rights, uh, Biblical Bitterness, and Taking Up Offenses.
0: Okay, so I'm really excited to know that you actually had intended to turn this into a series of books, right? Yes, always, always thinking that (laughs) way.
1: Tell us about that
0: plan and what happened.
1: Well, the first book came out in 2016, and I thought, I can do a book a year. (laughs) that shouldn't be a problem so here we are four years later a little four and a half years actually and I'm coming out with a second book and I'm just going oh well that's the way life goes that's right I did do one other book in between there or two I guess two other books in between there one was um Rock Bottom and Faithless with Sue Parisher and then another was prayer armor for defense against the enemy's flaming darts. So I was still writing. I just didn't get to this second one till now.
0: Right. Yeah. You've been really busy and you've been writing on your blog and you've been helping a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So this book is addressing patriarchy and authority. And why did you pick that? Why did you pick those two subjects to tackle next? Well, there
1: were so many choices. My goodness, how did
0: I (laughs) I know? (laughs) (laughs) You could be writing for the rest of your life.
1: I could, I'm sure. Um, I had done some blog posts about patriarchy back, uh, I'm embarrassed to say how long ago, but a few years ago now. And someone said to me, I would love for you to make those blog posts into just like a booklet because I'd love to give them to my parents. Uh, because they don't read blogs, but they read books. And so that was in the back of my mind all this time. And so eventually that was the decision. That's why I chose these.
0: Okay. So who, who is this book written specifically for? Who's going to be like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need to unlearn.
1: I am telling you, I keep that person right in front of me the whole time I'm writing. I'll discuss the book with my husband and he'll say, oh, you should say this or that or the other thing. And I'll say, that's not my target audience. Mm. So my target audience is people who are coming out of patriarchy. And, you know, to be frank, I, I told someone recently it feels like this book should have come out 10 years ago because that's when people were really starting to come out of patriarchy. Yeah, But I know that many of them are still, even though they've come out, it's still in their heads somewhere and they're going to counseling for it. And sometimes with the first book, some people told me, I gave this book to my counselor so she could understand what I came from. And so I'm thinking that about this one too, that that's a possibility. And also some people... They have a lot of trouble reading the Bible, especially certain scriptures, because it's in their heads a certain way Yeah, and they still want to follow Jesus. I'm writing for people who still want to follow Jesus, but they just, they have to put those scriptures somewhere in a back closet because they don't know what to do with them. So I'm saying, okay, let's clean out the closet. Let's pull out those scriptures and actually look at them and say, where's the heart of God in this? And that can help people walk in much greater freedom. so the fr- the book is in four parts. The first part is patriarchy, specifically to young people, or some of them aren't even very young anymore, but people who came out, they grew up in it. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is um, church authorities. so
0: i I love this because there i I do talk to a lot of women who, they aren't, well, some, some do just throw out the whole thing. They're just like, I, I feel like everything I learned was a lie. Yes, Therefore yes. maybe the whole Bible is a lie. Maybe yes. I've been deceived in everything and they just kind of, it's easier for them at this point in their journey to just kind of set the whole thing aside and forget about it for a while. I Hopefully. understand. Yes. And, but other people are saying, I don't, but I don't want to do that. I'm not ready to do that. And how can I, so how do I make sense of all of this? And so I love that you're, I I would probably fall into that category. So I love how you're actually helping those people. We don't have to throw out the Bible, but maybe we need to take a closer look at what it actually says because the people bring their own bias and to a reading of anything really, because our brains kind of filter out what we don't want to believe. And they bring to the tape, they want to prove what we do believe. So we'll bring that bias when we to the table when we read the bible and if you've got a whole history of white males bringing their bias to the table when they read the bible what are you going to get what are you going to get what are you going to learn in the seminaries what are you going to learn from the pulpit
1: so you talked about those two groups one who still wants to follow jesus and one who's thrown everything out the group who's thrown everything out is a group i do often pray for because I hope that eventually they'll want to come back and know the real Jesus. And so i that's part of my audience. I keep them in my mind when I write because I hope that one day they'll be ready to find out who he really is. Because if they were in a cult, which is who this book is for, if they were in a cult, then they didn't get to know the real Jesus.
0: Right, right. And that probably, um, that's probably a good segue into the next question, which is what is your big picture? What's your our overarching theme or point that you want to make sure that people walk away when they're done with this book that they know?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Um, I want them to know that I don't want to just say, okay, everything you were taught was a lie. Now go on your way and peace be with you. I want them to understand the truth. And the truth is God who came in the flesh and the Lord Jesus Christ is our ultimate authority. And people, when we're talking about adult to adult, people don't have spiritual authority over other people. But We do, the last chapter addresses our authority as believers in Jesus Christ. And that's when I dip into like Spiritual Warfare 101, just a little, I hope, what will feel like a little touch into the spirit realm that we have spiritual authority. He gave us that. But when it comes to other people... um, I, I feel like the words come into my head. You're not the boss of me, but, right, right. but it's, 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 I, I answer to God. And if you can point out where I am disobeying God in what I'm doing, then I want to hear it. But I don't want to hear just, well, you're disobeying God because you're disobeying me. I don't want
0: to hear that. Right. And that, well, that's the hard thing to parse out though, because people will say, you know, there's even, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole political thing right now, but I'll just say in general, there's a sense of, well, if you don't believe this, then you're disobeying God because God, this is God's way. Like, this is how you raise kids God's way. This is how you do marriage God's way, but it's actually, so then that strikes fear in the heart of especially younger Christians. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, I want to do it God's way. Of and course. this person says it's God's way and ha- even has Bible verses to back them up.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: that that's what I think causes all the confusion rather than just saying, hey, you know what? You're on your journey. You're figuring out the parenting thing. If we do the raising kids thing, you're figuring out the parenting thing, like learn all that you can apply wisdom to the situation and I support you and I love you and I'm going to support you and your children in your parenting journey. And I hope you do the same for me. And then we can, then we're free to make mistakes if we need to, we're free to, because I just feel like all of the, the, the fear and the being hemmed in and wondering if you turn to the right or to the left, if you're going to make a massive mistake, that's going to, you know, send your children on the slippery slope to hell. And it's mm-hmm. going to be all your fault. Mm-hmm. That is the fear that that I think Christian women in my sphere of influence are really struggling with big time, and it can, affects everything in their lives.
1: Yes, I can see that. I, I can all, I want. I I do point out that true leaders are people who are farther down the path than we are, and in the case of Christian leaders, they have a life of integrity. They truly know the Lord. They live in a way that is exemplary, both in public and in private and in secret. And so I want to listen to leaders like that. And if they say something to me about how their children all grew up loving God and loving others, I want to listen to that. So one, if I were to say to people, well, love is the overarching thing when you raise children. And honestly, Natalie, I could go back to my own child raising and I just cringe. I go, Oh, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. And I did this wrong and I did that wrong and that wrong and that wrong. (laughs) And my children, I'm sure would be glad to contribute to the list. They're all grown now, (laughs) but, 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 uh, I know that love is the overarching, if you want to call it a rule or whatever in raising children. Yeah. Right. We love them. We love God. We love others. That's the bottom line.
0: Right. And when, when you talk about, you know, you want to listen to people who are mature and who have, who are exemplary in these different areas of their lives, you do, but th- mm-hmm. those are the kinds of people who are probably not going to be saying, you better do this. This You're is that, that. Way. Right. Exactly. Right. Those right. people are the kinds of people that because love is the foundation and the core of who they are and, and how they're living, um, they are extending that love to everyone around them. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's okay, quite so, different. Yeah. So let's let's talk about leaders that maybe didn't do that. So um, you mentioned in your first book, you dropped a few names like Bill Gothard, Nancy Lee DeMoss. Um, I'm wondering if you talked about them in this snack. Do you talk, do you talk about different kinds of te- like specific teachings of specific people in this second book?
1: Um, I, Nancy Liedemoss didn't make it into this book. I just, <laughs> Poor Nancy. I, I just finished rereading it and she's not there. Okay. But, um, Bill Gothard is all through it because he is, wait a minute. No, no, no. Nancy was there. I just remember there was one little quote. Um, and Bill Gothard is, he is center stage because he is the big authority teacher and honestly he influenced so many people and even though he's um fallen from grace so to speak now his influence is still so prominent and so yes I have several chapters devoted to Bill and let's see Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like his umbrella, of course, had to get in there. This yes. is a book about authority. How do yes. you not write a book without having the umbrella in it? Exactly. Anybody who doesn't know Bill Gothard, um, you—I'm glad. I'm just glad you don't. But for those who do know who I'm talking about when I say Bill Gothard, then that all that material is all addressed. Right. Uh, John Bevere, he wrote the book Undercover. How God Will Bless You When You're Under Your Authority. I can't remember the subtitle, but it's something like that. And he gets a chapter. Okay. So there are different people. I, I don't, I'm not afraid to name names, as I wasn't in the first book. But I don't have, one thing that's a little different is I didn't have a lot of standout quotes. In the first book, I had the, the quotations in the gray boxes. For some reason, that didn't happen in this book. I'm not sure why not. But it's still, I do still tackle the teachings.
0: Okay. Did you have any experience with these teachings? Like, were you one of those families that went that direction and got into the whole ATI, Bill Gothard thing? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I I tell my story in the book. I I was a Bill Gothard fan. I would have been in the Bill Gothard fan club if there had been a Facebook group for that (laughs) in those days, but that was in the 1970s and 80s and I wasn't we weren't on Facebook in those days, but um, my husband decided he didn't want to do ATI because he didn't want someone else telling us how to how to raise our children. And I right. thought, oh, well, okay, that's, that's that. So I didn't go through it. I didn't go through patriarchy again. I, lo- I thought it sounded so intriguing, but my husband didn't want to do it. So it, I thought it would be too weird if I insisted on it when <laughs> I'm supposed to be showing my submission. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Being in a patriarchal family. So we just didn't. We went on our own journey. And then I came back to learning what had happened. And I tell all that in the book.
0: Well, I think you were spared. You were spared a lot. Oh,
1: I see it so much. Yeah, yeah. Because I was
0: raised on Bill Gothard. I was raised to Bill Gothard seminars every year when they came to the Twin Cities.
1: Well, I went probably five times when I was young. But it wasn't my parents doing it. And it wasn't my husband doing it. It was in between life with parents and life with husband. So yeah, okay. I, I loved it. And I was always studying his red notebook. And my mother yes. said, why are you studying that thing?
0: Yes. <laughs> there must be some, like, I think there's a personality type that kind of gravitates towards all of the clear black and white, like, give me the, just give me the rule book and I will, you know, I am all in.
1: Well, he seems so wise. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway he he made me nauseous when i was trying to listen to him to to do research so yeah
0: i can't even yeah i i literally get triggered when i hear yeah. stuff so yeah. yeah so anyway um all right i'm glad people like you are willing to willing <laughs> to dive into the you know the swamp i'm wading into the muck <laughs> exactly <laughs> hey If you're a woman of faith in a confusing and painful marriage who feels like you're just a shadow of the woman you used to be, I'd like to help you change that. Four years ago, I developed a comprehensive program that has helped hundreds of Christian women exactly like you go from being a caterpillar to a butterfly in full color, flying with strength, confidence, joy, and freedom. The Flying Free program uses transformational coaching, workshops, classes, and a close-knit community of women to support you on your journey. We will help you identify the problems and figure out what you can and can't do so that you will be empowered to move forward into the life you were created to live. Registration is opening on Thursday, March 25th through April 2nd. It won't be open again until October of 2021, so don't miss out on this opportunity to change the course of your entire life. Learn more and get on the waiting list at joinflyingfree.com. And now, back to our episode. Okay. So you said you wanted to write for the young people who were raised in this system, but what about like the people that I w- work with are mostly the moms of those uh-huh. people, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, and in my situation, my husband kind of went along with me because I was the one that was sort of like, yes, we really need to do this. And I was kind of like you, Rebecca, only I, only my husband was very passive and he wasn't, uh-huh. he didn't, uh-huh. uh, this is my ex-husband. He did not, um, he would not have said you know no we're not going to do that he just kind of went he was just like well whatever if that's what we want to do that's fine uh-huh. so so we so we did it but um you know and there has been a lot of fallout in my own family with my own kids my older ones mainly mm-hmm. because my younger ones I'm raising quite differently but um mm-hmm. what about those moms what, what about <clears throat> the moms who um whose husbands did say you know we are going to do this this is exactly how it is and you're going to You're going to homeschool, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that.
1: There is an appendix. That's what I was proofreading when we got on our call. The appendix is called The Matriarchs of Patriarchy, and it talks about Mary Pride, who wrote The Way Home in 1985 when she was 30 years old.
0: Oh wow, I had no idea she was that young when she wrote that book. I loved that book. Like I devoured that Oh
1: yes, yeah, so did I. She was just and a kid. Yes, she was. She was just a kid. That's how it seems now. But we were just kids too.
0: True.
1: But um but she seemed so wise and she seemed older. Yeah. But anyway, um that that appendix which is written by a young person. I didn't write the appendix. I asked a person who grew up in patriarchy to write it. And she talked about the generation of her mother, which is my generation, and how they devoured Mary Pride. And many of them, it, more women jumped on the patriarchy bandwagon than men. And their husbands were passive. Does that sound familiar? Yes. And the husbands said, Oh, what, whatever, you know, I don't care. And so families went into it with the women at the helm. So that's why it's called the Matriarchs of Patriarchy. And, and then in the appendix, she explains the fallout. Now, the reason I put this chapter in the appendix instead of as part of the regular book is because the book is called Untwisting Scriptures. And this appendix doesn't have any scriptures in it. It's just like a history lesson. This is what happened over the course of the last 35 years. So that is definitely laying out the what happened. But the first, I would say, eight chapters, seven or six to eight chapters, are written for the young people who came out of patriarchy. Although I know the mothers and fathers who were stuck in it can receive help from it too because most of these were blog posts originally and I heard from people who were uh, helped by them then this then section three or part three is about oppressive churches and mostly that's mothers who whose church leaders told them stay in your abusive marriage so it isn't directed quite as much to women of my generation. Some of it definitely is, but I know I'm confident that women of my generation and your generation could benefit from the material in it.
0: Well, I I absolutely think they can. Because even you know, even the women that I work with that are that have kind of relearned a lot of things and they are moving forward in their lives, mm-hmm. they still are brain the brain's programming just it's very difficult to read. It takes time to rewire. Yes,
1: it does. And I talk about the voices that are still in your head. Yeah. So many people have told me when I read scripture, I hear it through either the, the ex-husband's voice or the father's voice or the pastor's voice. And I'm having trouble getting that voice away from the scripture.
0: Yeah. So it's not really your adult self. You've already kind of figured it out and you've you know what you want to believe now, and you even mm-hmm. believe it. But that your brain, your physical brain, has been programmed for so long; those synapses are in there. It's like a, it's a, a literally just a science issue mm-hmm. that's going on. That I it, even
1: meant Yes, I even mentioned brain science in there.
0: Yeah. So it, when the, when you read books like this, though, it helps your physical brain. It's kind of like washing it. It's it's like it's yes. Been- marinated in saline solution and now we can <laughs> wash it in some clean water for a while so that there
1: you go
0: yes my longing
1: my longing is for them to see all, all of my audience to see the true heart of god yeah the true heart of god who god really is because i hear so much well i always just thought he was waiting for me to do something wrong so he could pounce on me Yes. And I want them to see the heart of God, that he loves his children. He loves yeah. them. Yeah. And he doesn't love them holding his nose and picking them up with two little two fingers. It's that he holds them gently like his beloved sheep. I mean, this is just like that permeates my thinking when I write that he loves you.
0: Yeah. I, if, I,
1: if you're his child. Yes.
0: That's beautiful. I want to just touch on one other thing that we, we kind of skimmed over a little bit. You mentioned that you've got this last part that talks about the matriarchs of patriarchy. And I want to bring that up because I know a lot of my listeners would p- put themselves in that category. I put put myself in that category, although I just want to say to them that we, even though we put ourselves in that category, we did not want to be the matrix the only there there is a dynamic that was very common i think that where the men would be very passive and they wouldn't uh-huh. take leadership of their family or they wouldn't yes. I mean, not that they like i'm remarried now and we don't have we i would say we have a very egalitarian marriage we don't there is not he's not the leader and i'm not the leader and there's no leader or follower we work yes. we we're like a team we work yes together. and it's beautiful it's like it's amazing i had no idea that this could that this was a reality for anybody. It's just, it's so incredible. But anyway, I just, just I just was brought up with there has to be a leader and there has to be a follower. And you can't, and that's just the way it is in marriage. And so yes. and I did not want to be um uh, my mom wore the pants, the pants in the family, and the family that I grew up in. Uh-huh. And my dad was very passive. So I did not want to be like my mom. I wanted to be like I wanted my husband to be the leader, and I wanted to nurture him and just support him and do all of that. But- Natalie
1: Natalie that's funny because it was the same for me my mother was the boss and I did not want to be like that
0: I yeah. wanted I wanted my husband
1: to be the boss
0: but in 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 that desire though I it's I mean it sounds like your husband at least w- had the gumption enough to say no we're not going to do that yes. I don't want to do that
1: but I agree with you I didn't have the concept but however when my daughter was thinking about a certain person she was thinking about marrying she said I'm just not sure if he'll be a good leader and I said to her honey you don't want somebody to be walking in front of you with you walking behind you want to be walking shoulder to shoulder you want to be walking together right and I was I was giving her these um symbolisms with my hands and I thought oh boy somebody's gonna think I'm egalitarian now
0: (laughs) god forbid that you be egalitarian um well yeah and and i don't i actually don't really know where you stand on. we won't go we won't go there but i just want to say to those women who are who are feeling like i did for so long like oh, I just didn't want to be, I didn't want, I don't want to think of myself as as the matriarch of the patriarchy. I just really wanted to support and love my husband. And he,
1: yes. And that, that appendix does talk about that, that how much the women wanted their husbands to be the leaders and the matriarchs of patriarchy aren't, it isn't really indicated that these wives are those matriarchs. The matriarchs were people like Mary Pride, Jenny Chansey, and other people like that who were who were telling the wives what to do.
0: Right. And and I was I had a blog called Visionary Womanhood. Some of you are listening you might even remember that for years where I actually promoted and um regurgitated all of those women's teachings mm-hmm. on my blog in different, mm-hmm. you know, in different ways. Yes. So, um I I wasn't a I wasn't like a, a well-known matriarchy of the patriarchy, but I was definitely was I definitely fell into that category. Well, our, uh, the the
1: point was made in this appendix by by the author that there were far more women bloggers promoting patriarchy than men bloggers promoting yes.
0: patriarchy. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? I, it, I don't I don't
1: get the dynamic there. I'm not sure about it, but it, you know, it's very interesting.
0: You know what it is, though. We were uh, we, I loved God with every fiber of my being. Yes. And if God told me to jump. I would, I would just, I would say, how high do you want me to jump? I yes. will jump, fly. I'll do whatever you want me to do. So yes. it, when someone told me this is the way it is, when Bill Gothard said, this is the way it is, I was all in. Oh, yeah, all in on that. I get it. I get yeah. it. So, and I wanted everyone to be all in because why not? Why would we not want to do what God of wants course. to do, right? Of course. Yeah. So the problem is that what what happened with a lot of us is we ended up with husbands who were not, um, even though we could have really passive husbands, they were, you know, like my husband would never have hit me or do anything, any physical violence to me at all. He never swore, you know, he kept himself really clean that way, but Mm -hmm. it was just a lot of the emotional abuse was so subtle, the criticism and the cutting down and the subtle attacks and the lies and the omissions and that kind of. That kind of stuff, which I lived with from the you know, first day we were married, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, which just eroded at who I was as a human being. And and that, so it's very difficult then for women to put together all of the pieces. It's so confusing. It's you've got this husband that you want to support, and yet he's kind of tearing you down. And yet you kind of think you deserve to be torn down because you are just a woman after all. And I mean, anyway, that's what yes. My, my, yes. my whole mission for the rest of my life is just helping women kind of. Uh, untangle that really
1: yes so, and I, and i hope this will be a contribution to that you know yeah. it takes it takes a lot of pieces to put the puzzle together <laughs> it really and, does and and i see this book as one more piece yes. to help with doing that
0: much needed so what did you what is this book also called untwisting scriptures and then there's just a different subtitle
1: yes well yes so <laughs> the first book should have had <laughs> a subtitle of book 1 and then telling what the topics were. But this one will have a subtitle of Book Two, Patriarchy and Authority.
0: Perfect. Oh my gosh, I I can't wait. Wait, No, this uh, episode is going to air on March 17th. Mm -hmm. When is your book going to be out?
1: Well, good question, but the aim is the end of February. I self-publish all my books and um, do all the formatting myself. Yeah, I'm in publishing and editing. So that's my job. And so the end of February is the goal.
0: Okay. So by the time this is out, you guys can go get it on Amazon, I'm assuming just like your other book, correct? That's right.
1: Yes. yes. Okay.
0: So this is Rebecca Davis is the author. The book is called Untwisting Scripture, um, Patriarchy and Authority.
1: Untwisting Scriptures that were used to tie you up, gag you and tangle your mind. And this is book two, Patriarchy and Authority.
0: Okay, so you're keeping the beginning then. So I am. You are. Okay. The
1: whole thing.
0: All right. Well, it's a, definitely a good title, and it definitely evokes all of the emotions. That.
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I wanted to touch on the emotions.
0: It so people will doesn't. say,
1: that book is for me.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's been so much fun to reconnect with you, Rebecca. And I'm so glad that you are willing to come and share about your book with these um, listeners. And I wish you the best of luck. I think oh, it's gonna be amazing. So I'm definitely gonna put it on my, uh, promote, pro- promote it on my blog and stuff so that as many people as possible can find out about this.
1: Thanks so much, Natalie. I really appreciate your having me on and I hope the book will be helpful to many people.
0: All right. And so thanks for listening to the rest of you. Until next time, fly free.